Hey. Hey. Saw you on the news. Still pulling people out of burning wreckage, huh? Old habits. You look terrible. <laughs> Thanks. Why'd you call me, Justin? I was hoping that you'd heard that, that maybe you'd go to the funeral. Why would I go to the funeral? I've been flying a lot. What? Yeah, that uh, golden pass they gave us. I've, I've been using it. Every Friday night, I fly from L.A. to Tokyo or Singapore, Sydney. Then I, I get off and I have a drink and then I fly home. Why? Because I want it to crash, Chris. I don't care about anybody else on board. Every little bump we hit or turbulence, I mean, I, I, I actually close my eyes and pray that I can get back. This is not going to change. No, I'm sick of lying. We made a mistake. I have to go. He's going to be wondering where I am. We were not supposed to leave. Yes, we were. Goodbye, Justin. We have to go back, Chris. We have to go back! Hey, yo, it's me, the smoke monster. Oh, no, no, it's no, not! We no, can't no. go back! We have to stay here! Justin McElroy and I know the best game of the month. My name is Griffin McElroy and I know the best game of the month. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant and I know the best game this month. My name is Ross Frostick and I know the best game of the month. <laughs> Do you? Welcome back to The Besties where four of Earth's best friends talk about the latest and greatest in tech news, uh, sports. Tech news. Tech news, sports news, news sports, Wolf which Blitzer. is basically just who can type fastest, Wolf Blitzer, and so much more in games. And this week, we're going to talk about video games. Uh, you know, we thought that besties formula, we've been doing it the same way for so long. That was like at least three weeks. <laughs> at least three weeks. We had to mix it up. Um, um, yeah. I mean, should we really talk about, like, here's the thing. Should we? I think we should just lay all of our fucking cards, take them out of the decorative box we keep our cards in, put them on the Are table. Are we keeping for the, like the see. rule card? No, throw that card out. The Toss rest it. of the cards, everyone can see. We were gonna cancel Besties. <laughs> we were ready Wanted to. to take Besties out behind the barn. This is not a goof. We did not think the ROI on this particular radio program <laughs> was beneficial in any way for anyone. But no kidding, like. It, I don't know. It's been kind of wonderful. The outpouring, the demand for more this, besties. This is how, uh, what's his name felt when they made that movie about the sci-fi show that got canceled and then they made a movie about it. That guy probably felt pretty good too. John Travolta. That guy. Nash. Um, the, so thank you everyone for demanding the besties return to you. Uh, please keep in mind that you're, this show is only here because 
you love it so much. So if you want it to keep coming, you have to keep telling other people to listen to it. Or just tell us how much you like it because, like, I, we need No, I don't that care about that. I want oh. them to spread the word okay. high um, and low. What can they do? Like, reviews on iTunes, maybe yeah, rate us? Reviews on iTunes would be great. Uh, rate us there. Uh, tweet about the show with the besties hashtag that I just invented. Let's let's talk about some of the fundamental changes because the the I think the biggest thing for us to bring it back is like I, I, I think we've all pretty much agreed at this point between the four of us that our favorite part of the show is the year end specials that we do in New York. We've done a couple of them where we we at that point have all played all the games. We can do these deep dives. It's not like I don't like just getting into shitty arguments about like Games, games we haven't that, played. Games that one of us played, and like that also sort of lends itself to just one of us talking for fifteen minutes, and like it sucks, yeah. and it's yep. not like that. That stuff sort of weighed the show down, um, but at the same time, I think sort of the general structure of the show is decent. So we wanted to make it more like that, and less like the weekly uh, episodes. A lot of which I think were pretty weak. So yeah. well, um, weak. That's good. Yeah. Uh, thank more you. More like I think there's a lot of people that um, would want a podcast that's more like the Lincoln Douglas debates. So imagine that, <laughs> but toss two more guys in there because yeah. just Lincoln and Douglas were not cutting it. Everybody was bored during that, yeah. historically so speaking. He, here's the trade-off. We're going to do it monthly from now on. And I know that's going to be a bummer for a lot of people because I I consume my podcast weekly and I like having like this constant thing. Um, the, this show just it really isn't built for that because to, to get us all together and make and edit the show – um, it, it, it takes a little bit of time, but in order for all of us to have played all four games enough to know what we're talking about and then do that every week, it's just not like, we can't do it guys. It gets, it's, it is not sustainable at all. And so, we'd rather be talking about like super, super memorable games and not just right. games that literally just came out two days ago and we're like, yeah, this is pretty good. We would also rather, I, and really, if you're honest with yourself, we were still only doing one good episode a month, maybe. So this is hopefully going to be uh, be a Cream better of the product. Yeah. Um, also, we're going to make it longer than the episodes usually were to try and make up for some of that um, and incorporate sort of. Ugh, I didn't know about that. Let me clear yeah. that with me. <laughs> no, we're there are also it... so many ways to see us now on the site or hear right. us if, the, if that's what you want. I mean, I don't know if you've watched or listened to Griffin's new show, Overview. But it's it's pretty great. Thanks, yep. Chris. Chris does some stuff too. But we are, <laughs> we are like we can say plugs to the end. I just I just think this is going to be a much better formula. I, I seriously, guys, like I love doing podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. I I really do um, wish that this could be a weekly thing, but I really don't think it makes sense. Right? Like that's true. Comic um, books are monthly, too. Just deal with it. This is the world and, you're living in. <laughs> and there's no saying, like, we can't do another podcast later on that is weekly, a little bit easier to produce. But, like, to do the kinds of discussions that we like doing and, uh, like, the con- the kinds of discussions that we do in those year-end videos, I I think this is the way to do it. So hopefully you understand. Right. If not, Tough. it's f- it's free, I guess. It's yeah. free. Like, you didn't okay, waste any money free. on it. You can probably still complain if you want to, though. Yeah, go ahead. Still America after That's all. exciting, though. So we're monthly. Uh, this We should mention this is going to be the quote-unquote January 2014 episode. We're coming in a little late um, mm-hmm. because we were still in the process of 
maybe not killing the show. Uh, so we figured out that the show is existing, and now we're doing January. We're going to do uh, the February episode at the end of February, um, which seems like a good time to do it. Um, uh, so well, well, some... we should also tell you at the top that we're going to start uh, doing like reader or listener uh, questions and suggestions for games to talk about. You can hit us up at besties at polygon.com and we'll get all those. Yep. And also let us know if you have any feedback on, on the show because that's, you know, important. You can email us now besties at polygon.com. Yeah, yep. just let said that know. out loud. OK, well, I'm just saying it, too, just to mix it up. Uh, that sounds great. I'm I'm very pleased. I'm excited about the new format, and I feel like we should just get it going, right? Let's dive I'm into r- it with a game that definitely didn't come out in January. <laughs> <laughs> Start not strong. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track, and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want, get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have, and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rocketmoney.com slash besties um this is going to be a good one to talk about because it's a game that you can talk about for a very long time because there's a lot of fascinating stuff going on in that game they very recently i think uh, last night pushed an update for this game that sort of turns it a bit on its ear uh and that game is rust it's uh wow, i did not know about this update well okay it, let's give the overview first and then we'll talk about rust itself. well let's not get our brands mixed Let's not cross the cables on our brandings. Okay. It's not an overview. So we can call it something else. We can call it a, you know, uh, a glance. At a glance. At a glance. Give me the glance of Rust, Griffin. Do you want me to do it? I feel like I've been talking a lot. I'm just so nervous. Okay. Uh, Rust is uh, sort of like Minecraft in that you're thrust into a world and forced to carve out your own existence. Um Imagine if Minecraft had like good graphics because it was made by people who actually care. Well, wait, wait. And well, you <laughs> let me finish. I realize made you by hate good graphics that by people who actually care. <laughs> and also, there was a point because there are other people trying to kill you with guns okay. and also zombies. Now imagine. Well, oh wait, Minecraft hold up. Zombies. Wait a minute. Yeah, you you spoke Let too me soon put there, some buddy boy. Up in it. They took zombies no. out. Yes. No zombies. What? They're gone. Yeah. Patched them out. It was something they always wanted to do was to remove the zombies because you made the Minecraft comparison a lot, and that's fair, but I think most people compared it to DayZ. Yeah. Because it, it does have that survival element that is very, very... 
I mean, it is it is the game. The game is all about survival. So it was a survival zombie game. So very Daisy. It didn't help that they both sort of entered this early access stage of alpha uh, around the same time, which was last November. But I thought we could talk about it now, just because they're updating it so frequently. And yeah, such it's like a playable measures. game now. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, it's I, playable. Here's what I don't get. Wait, yeah. they always intended to remove the zombies? They always did, yeah. They, so why they... the hell put zombies in there in the first place? That's a good question. No well, one I, legally I... made them do it, right? <laughs> no, they, they, I, shit, I forget the guy, the guy's name who made Gary. it. He's Gary. Gary, yeah, Gary Newman. He made, yeah, he uh, is the creator of Gary's Mod. And uh, he wrote that car song in the 80s. God, that was a really good joke. Um, Thanks. He, <laughs> he, yeah, I mean, he talked about how it, it sort of started off uh, based on that Daisy idea, but he wanted to make it. Uh, and honestly, if you play both games, they're not really similar at all. They're really not. Uh, Rust has a level of accessibility that just doesn't make it even cl- nearly resemble Daisy. Wait, which is that, more like, accessible? Rust. Really? Oh my god! Yeah, dude. Yeah, for that, sure. Y- well, that just shows like how inaccessible. I watched your video and it's like, wow, that game looks amazing, but I don't know if I have the time to really get into figuring all that out. And then I would like look at DayZ and it just seems impossible. It's yeah. not impossible. It's just not the, so, so the uh, crafting element of Rust is what completely sets it apart because yeah. uh, in, in Rust you have to survive a, a lot of different lethal forces. You can starve to death. You can be irradiated, which will kill you if you are in like radiation zones. Uh, there are a lot of different status effects that will hurt you. Like wolves. you can be you can be cold if you're naked. Well, a wolf isn't really a status effect. I mean, it is if you get <laughs> bit by a wolf. You, you're still being bit. You got to take care of that. Yeah. Um, there, there are a lot of ways to die. I think, obviously, the most prevalent one is other players who will just kill you for no reason. Um, but you have some agency to prevent that. Um, it's not... I, I mean, the different resources that you need to craft things are um, somewhat randomized. There are areas in the map where you can like find really good troves of wood and stone that you need. Yeah, but I thought the maps were uniform, weren't they? The maps are uniform, yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about actually the, the resource spread across oh. those maps. Word. Um, in DayZ, you just like start off on a beach and hope that you run into a house that has some good stuff in it. And there's definitely a random loot element in, in Rust as well. There's little... Um, you know, care packages hidden all over the map in, in radiated zones. Yeah. But for the most part, like, you don't really need that stuff. You can chop a tree and then hit a rock and get enough stuff to make a hatchet and then, like, you sort of know which way to go. Daisy, you kind of just, it's a it's a game of chance. It's funny, though, because when I first started playing Rust, I was so lost. Like, had no idea what I was supposed to do because who the hell thinks oh, I need to craft stuff, so I'm going to take this rock that they spawned me with and hit a tree with it, and then I'll get wood. Like, it really, when you first start out, because it's so bare bones and, like, so raw in terms of game design right now, um, you really are not given very much direction at all. Once you, like, realize, oh, I hit C or whatever brings up the crafting menu, the game starts making a lot more sense. Yeah. But... It is, this is not very user-friendly right now. I, and I think the biggest testament to that is that I don't actually think the game is all that bare bones right now. It just doesn't do a great job of explaining what it is. Like, the end game for Rust is something you can get to within a couple hours. And all it involves is going out, 
gathering resources and then using the game's fairly robust fort building mechanics to create something that other players will be unable to to take down. So you can, it has a, a, a an entire like sub menu of things that you can build that basically snap together Lego block style to make these huge and, and elaborate forts. Uh, and then you can, you know, build storage boxes in those forts and then go out into the map, collect stuff, and then put it in your fort. And then you can make sleeping bags or beds so you can spawn inside your fort. And then like, you basically don't have to start over every time you die because when you die, you lose everything. Um, so like the, the end game idea is that you can go out try and design a fort that is really difficult to siege and or you know going out and sieging other people's forts like there actually is quite a bit of of complexity and back and forth to it but like if you don't look at a video or you don't have a friend helping you start out there is no way that you're going to reach that point on your own which to a certain right. extent like that was minecraft when it first started like you did not get Absolutely. a lot of direction when you're first starting out and you're just like oh i'm hitting some sand you, with some blocks you of were sand. going to forums and yeah. you know it was actually and i think that it's interesting to watch games it's a very for some reason when you start a game out like that and you force people to learn the basics like that it's not as silly of a strategy as it seems like because I think you get two effects. One is there's a lot more that you actually learn on your own and I think knowledge that you gain that way is a lot stickier and a lot more rewarding. Um, you, you get that hit of, of dopamine when you can figure out a lot of stuff and there's a lot of stuff to figure out. Um, but I think it also helps you to develop um, a sense of community pretty early because if you look at like um, EverQuest uh, is sort of my classic example of this where a lot, a lot, a lot of the game was not presented to you, and you had to head online to forums and websites uh, to try to figure out how things were done and how items were created. And I, and I think that that forces interaction between players and starts to develop a sense of, of community for the game that maybe you lose with something that held your hand a little bit more. I, yeah. I really enjoy not having everything spoon-fed to me, but I am a little afraid that people are going to catch on to this idea that the best marketing strategy is to just not explain your game very well. And, and Dark Souls is another example of this, where there's a lot that's great about that game, and it's very well designed. But there are a number of things I, I don't know how it would be possible to have ever guessed that I should do something without having turned to somebody who had already finished the game or a fact. And like I, I think that is part of why that game has... you know develop this kind of cult community is because everyone has to turn towards each other to get help to kind of get through it and figure it out yeah but and you it, need a good game first you can't just like throw a game up with no like absolutely you're gonna have a tough I, I, time I agree getting attention sure. but i think part of why rust like justin said has become so popular so quickly is because you you needed other people playing it you kind of had to push it on to other people just to kind of get off the ground yeah um, that which which makes me think of something else. So so Griffin was talking about sieging houses, and one of the things about Rust is that it's never off. So if you sign out, you like your body still. Correct me if I'm wrong. Still exists in the world. There are so there is a pretty uh, wide set of server mods that people have developed um, to sort of spin the game in different ways. 
Uh, and to the developer's credit, they have started incorporating some of the more helpful aspects that those mods added. For instance, uh, one of the more popular mods has a feature in it called door sharing. Um, so if Justin and I build a base together, uh, whoever puts the door on that base is basically the only person that can get into it. Uh, but this mod would add a, a way to manually add people to that door so that they can open it. And the developer has now incorporated it so it's part of the base game. There's one like of the codes mod- for doors too, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and one of the mods is a no sleepers mod, which basically when you log out, you disappear. Oh, okay. Otherwise, the default is your body just lays down and then someone can kill you and still take all your stuff. With the logic being you would lay down in your house, but even with that mod on, you still have to worry about, I spent tons of time making this awesome house. Someone could come by with C4 and blow it to smithereens. Right. Absolutely. Um, To me, like, I've actually had more fun. My favorite part of Rust is the beginning. It's not the end game stuff. It is this idea. It is this panicked, completely vulnerable state of just trying to get a foothold in the world. Um, Because that process basically involves you. Yes, you start out with a rock. And then there is a sort of hierarchy. There's like a a natural progression of tools that you know you want to make. And to me, trying to run up that hierarchy and stay alive through it and then like getting just enough stuff to you know bank it to make a wood shelter with a furnace inside so you can smelt metal to make a metal door and then once you do that you are good to go basically for life um that is such an exciting and rewarding part of the game it's also like makes you feel like a pioneer because you can basically lay down your roots wherever you want and there are good aspects about each part of the environment there are bad aspects about each part of the environment like it really does make you feel you, you can take a tremendous amount of ownership over a shared multiplayer world. Yeah, but isn't uh, a, isn't it a bummer that like again you're you let's say you spent six hours and you have this dope house and you log out someone with enough perseverance and like interest in saying I'm gonna blow through all my resources just to ruin this guy's house can do that. There's like nothing you can do to stop they, them. They can, but I mean, if you think about the economy of the game, you brought up C4 a couple of times. To make C4, you need a flare, which you need to find uh, in the environment, or you can learn to craft it and, and make it. You need leather, which drops off bears, or you can cook cloth. You need explosives, which are incredibly expensive to make per unit. Uh, you have to get a bunch of gunpowder and sulfur together. Uh, so C4 is essentially the most expensive thing you can make in the game. So if you were on across a little wooden shelter with a metal door on it and then spin C4 to get like the 10 rocks that the person has accumulated inside, it's a really bad investment. And that's another thing that sort of plays into the complexity of fort building is that if you can make like a giant fort with a bunch of different chambers, it's really difficult for somebody to siege that without blowing through like 20 pieces of C4. Sure. Because then they just like, that is a mountain of resources they just spent and there's no guarantee that they're going to get something out of it. Yeah. So it's not like, it's not a griefer's paradise in that sense. There are ways of protecting yourself and developing those protections is really satisfying. It's funny that you had mentioned griefer's paradise because you you mentioned uh, killing someone in cold blood on, on your videos. I did do uh, that, yeah. Why Why did you do that? I mean, you kind of become the beast. You <laughs> kind of become yeah. the primal like beast. You, you become that which you hate. Here's the thing, like, that person I killed was 
for all intents and purposes, naked. They had nothing. Wait, so, what? How does that justify murder? Well, it's it not like I killed. The opposite does. It, it's not like I killed them and then they dropped their like super rare rifle that they managed. To they might have. Wait, wait. They're they're people. Like they're not. They're not. They're not drops. They're video game characters. What are you doing? You know, you, I, I did. I did watch Griffin murder this poor guy. But uh-huh. I would also say it's interesting because you get these scenarios. One of the coolest aspects. I think this is in Daisy too. But one of the coolest parts is like the voice chat via proximity, um, and you could hear other people talking if you're close to them. And my favorite moment of Griffin playing was when he walked into this dude's house, and the dude had a fancy. What was it? A shirt. If it's not fancy, it was a shirt. It was a shirt. And and Griffin was like, hey, can I have your shirt? And the guy was like, uh, sure. Like, very dejected about it. Well, I was holding an axe. He an loved axe. that shirt. Yeah. I was, I was holding an axe, and I had a hat on. Sure. Uh, that's the other thing. Like, whenever you're out in the open and you've been collecting, you know, resources or drops from towns, and you run into somebody, you kind of have to eyeball them. Yeah. It's sort of that, to, to bring up EverQuest again, EverQuest had that system where you could right-click on an enemy, and it would give you, like, a sentence description of how they match up against you. Like, it'd be like, oh, he's pretty weak. You could walk all over him, or he looks pretty threatening. I'd watch out. You sort of have to eyeball it. So, like, if a person is is dressed up all in blue clothing, then you know that they're wearing all Kevlar gear, which is, like, the best gear that you can get. And you know that you should probably run away from that person. If they're totally naked... You could probably, like, wreck shop, um, which has its own implications if, like, you do want to kill somebody, you can take all your clothes off, run up to them, and be like, hey, man, can I have some wood? And they'll be like, yeah, sure, here, I just chopped this down. And you say, hey, thanks, and then you pull out the secret shotgun you were hiding, yep. and they, didn't see, they did not see that coming. Yeah, I, and, and I think that's the real reason why they got rid of zombies is because they realized it was way more interesting just to have these player interactions than it was fucking zombies. Right. Like, um, I think it's a good move. I think zombies were essentially big treasure chests that could kill you. Like, the zombies had really good loot on them that you really couldn't get anywhere else. And so people would sort of build these farms where they could camp out really close to these zombie-infested areas, run out, kill a bunch, bank stuff, go back and kill. Like, it just really wasn't a very rewarding loop. Also, they were super, super, super buggy. Also, was fucking n- zombies are the worst enough already, guys. I'm done. I don't want to see anymore. I'm done. You're like, right. We get it. Bears zombies. are fine. Wolves bears are, are fine. Yeah. Bears are going to be the next big thing, I think. You think? I think Left, bears are... You think Left 4 Dead 3 is just going to be all bears? I would play that game. I would definitely, oh, yeah. definitely play that game. Bear down. Um... So that's Rust. I I definitely, definitely recommend it. It's still super early. There's some weird stuff about, like, when you kill an animal, uh, the only meat in the game is chicken meat. (laughs) This is one of my favorite things about the game. I mean, everything tastes like chicken, so it makes sense. I guess that's true. Like, you kill a wolf and then harvest it, and then you get chicken meat out of it. Yeah, I would would say, though, what what are they charging for it? What is it, $20? I don't remember what the price is. I want to say... 30 let me check. maybe 30 <clears throat> i put it on mac it, it supports mac as well it's pretty buggy it does not support mac i mean it, it that, quote unquote supports mac i don't know i checked it out when i got my new uh, macbook pro which i think was like a month ago and it was not um oh it's 20 bucks okay 20 bucks um it is it just didn't work very well it's really hard to get servers to load 
PC version works pretty well, but uh, I would hold off just until they can get. Yeah, unless you're like one of those intrepid PC gamers that like is willing to try a really rough product. Like if you're expecting something some semi-polished, wait six months. Mm -hmm. Like it is definitely not there right now. It's kind of fun though to watch a game like that evolve. Like yeah, they right. have a strong core. Like they have an idea for this, what they want it to be. And it this is fun. Like I, I put a ton of game in, into this. Uh, I put a ton of time into this game now, which is frustrating because servers keep disappearing because they're updating it so quickly. Uh, which is another thing that you should keep in mind. Uh, but I put a ton of time into this game now, and now like this huge element is just fucking gone. Like it's crazy that uh, it's like. If you've been playing Mario all your life, and then they patch in, like, in the original Super Mario Brothers, like, hey, we took Koopas out late. Like, that's, <laughs> that's like, crazy that they can they, they are able to do some of that. Um, and it is, it's kind of exciting because it kind of makes you want to jump back into the game and see what's up. Yeah, I think this is the perfect example of, like, how early access should be used. Mm. Um, I, we've been seeing, like, larger game publishers using early access to be like, well, we haven't gone through beta yet, so we're just going to use you guys as bug testers. Uh, that's crappy. Uh, whereas here, you're literally seeing the game forming from the uh, ooze of humanity into <laughs> something that's actually playable. Um, so it, it's very cool. It's just super buggy. Um, but yeah. Please, if you start a server, will you please let me know? And please just don't delete it as soon as I finish researching every item in the game please christ for once for do your, once do your research they don't carry over from server to server right no there's no progressive character that you right. that you have it's just server to server so yeah. like no kidding probably 20 hours jake and i spent <laughs> like collecting resources building this insane fort that nobody even somebody tried to siege it once and it was basically a uh, uh three by three uh, house that was three stories tall and then we made every sort of chunk of the house into its own discrete room so it was like 30 rooms each with their own like metal door that nobody could open unless they blew it open like somebody tried once they made it through two doors and was like fuck this I'm out like we had this incredible thing going and then the person that was hosting the server just deleted it all gone that's, that's life though isn't it I mean in a nutshell yeah I mean you could die at any time thanks Justin for that reminder <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about uh, another game that I'm equally sort of uh, obsessed with, both conceptually and in practice, and that's Hearthstone, the uh, new collectible card game from Blizzard. Uh, new is new is newish. Pushing well, it just it. got well, put out on beta. It launched an open beta in January, so this one We've I think is a, a little while, bit more. So there's a lot of stuff we haven't had an opportunity to talk about. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, but. Uh, Hearthstone is I, I have never been one for uh, collectible card games I've never really uh, I think it's largely because I never had people to play with Oh, um, you and I got I into a bit deep with uh, into Magic the Gathering I feel like in college sure no <laughs> wow maybe Yikes. you did but I, I did he was just I humoring mean, you we went to college like seven years apart do you know what we did play Griffin <laughs> we played that um, a tactics uh, well, we played a tactics. We played, but remember there was that Marvel hero clicks collectible. No, the it was like a card game where you would have like a team. Oh yeah, 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 that was shitty. I liked it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how the tactics are dope. Can we take a quick like aside to talk about how dope a tactic? Have you guys heard of this? No. We'll get back into the discussion, but it was like the coolest idea ever. It was 
uh, little figures that were sort of like hero clicks. Do you know what those are? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like little miniature figures with stats yep. on them. Uh, except each of them had a sort of way of physically attacking. So it was Star Wars themed, oh. this version. So there was a Jedi, and you would put your finger on its base to hold it, and then you twist sort of its arm back and let go, and it was spring-loaded, and it had yeah. a lightsaber. Uh, and each figure had a little wheel in its base. Um, so it, it, it had like a certain number of clicks that it could move. And so you would move it, physically move it, and you could do it on any surface. We would do it on like a table. You could move it, and then if you can knock over one of your opponent's figures, that figure is out. And so like some of them had like little Nerf-esque projectiles, and so you just sort of had to actually manually aim it and shoot it at other figures. But it was all about like getting them in the right position and then using them to physically knock down other people's figures. It was a really, really cool idea. But Interesting. I played paper football, so that's basically the same thing. Yeah, you put yeah. the uprights up. No, you guys I remember like those little. Idea. You guys remember those little finger skateboards? Let's talk about those for. <laughs> oh, those are great. And then you could like Z-bots. make a little half pipe. I had some Z bots. Sure. Justin, a tell Z-bot. us about Hearthstone. <laughs> tell us about Hearthstone pods. is based in the, if you'll forgive me, World of Warcraft, uh, and <laughs> the it, World of War, the World of Warcraft. The world of World of Warcraft. <laughs> it pits two players against each other. They ha- each have a thirty-card deck of their own construction, uh, but as sort of like a guiding principle for how to put your deck together, you play as one of um, nine different yep. characters. Is that right? Nine, nine different, different classes. All all classic classes from uh, World of Warcraft: warlocks and mages and uh, druids and warriors and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but the it's a very basic system and I quantify that only in the regard that I've been able to understand it. Uh, there are 30 cards in your deck. You draw a hand of cards and you have a mana bar that fills up by one crystal, uh, with every round and each card in your hand costs a certain amount of mana to use. Uh, That's one of the best uh, parts of the game for me is that there's no, unlike most trading card games, you don't have resource cards that you play. Mm -hmm. And then based on those resource cards, you can spend that energy to play your other cards. So Magic the Gathering has, what are the, God, what terrain cards? Yeah, it's a swamp. swamp. You have swamp energy, you play it, and then you can tap that energy to play one of your other cards based on its cost. In, in Hearthstone, you just get that energy and it refills every turn, so it behooves you to burn through your mana as much as you possibly can and use it as efficiently as you can every single turn. You don't have to think about, like, oh, I gotta save some, some mana for next round. It's, yeah, just, this, it's just there. It's sort of frustrating when you play those games and it's like, oh, I have to waste this entire turn putting mana out. Right. Um, whereas here, you, it's literally removed from the equation. You know exactly how much mana you have and you're going to just have to spend it based on the cards you have. Um, it's very, I think that aspect alone is very inviting. Uh, and the other aspect I really like is that a lot of, I mean, it's not complex math, but all the math is taking care of it for you in the game. So essentially, like, depending on hit, like how many hit points a card has yeah. or how much attack it's going to do, you see that physically represented on the card because it's a game, it's not a physical card. And you don't have to, like, figure put, out put oh this guy's rocks. gonna have one left you have to yeah. put bottle caps on your right yeah uh <laughs> this is the future it, it really is there's really is just i mean there's there's a lot more complexity and depth in this surface level but the surface level is like 90 percent of the game it's all about 
attack and health and like putting down enough minions that have enough attack to like take out the other minions without their health dropping to zero like it really is just those two numbers yeah. it's it's not like you have to keep in mind like oh is this unit flying is my attack even right. going to hit that like it it there are definitely variables but for the most part it's that and it's just and that yeah i don't think there's a way to like really explain how to play the game in oral form at least but the um tutorial in the game which is sort of par for the course with blizzard games oh, is excellent so good it's so like good Th- that at that is probably you into the it. chief reason that i continued playing this game is because it it is laid out the first you have five or so um hand, games that are laid out for you against uh pre-made competitors and it introduces one facet of the game in each round that you play Mm -hmm. so it's very slowly adding layering things on so you're completely able to grok can i ask you guys a question yeah yeah. i'm worried that this happened to me and just me so there's there's actually like 10 of these right and on the last one uh before you even play it they're like hey this is you're gonna lose this one sorry you know blame the game designers it's just too hard and then I played it going in and thinking, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to go out guns blazing, but I'm going to lose. And then I won. So then when it ended, I was ready to I, – I, I assumed I am a natural-born Hearthstone player. <laughs> I, it, it would be a shame for me to waste these skills and, and not play this game every day for the rest of my life. Uh, and then, I, then about ten minutes later when I was going to brag to, to you guys about it, I, I caught myself and I realized – that Wait that's a what minute! They You've been <laughs> goofed. I've been goofed. Uh, the, I, I was hoping that you would go directly to play someone online and just get absolutely decimated. No, what that's I did a- is I turned it off and I assumed I was great, and then I played Griffin and I, I accidentally beat him somehow. We were using basic <laughs> decks, to be fair. Sure. And then I tried a practice round and I got destroyed. Yeah. Um, it's actually it's it's interesting because as simple as the game actually literally is there are so many levels where a a more experienced player could demolish you on the one hand just their strategy might be better they might have a better plan they might have uh have constructed a more solid deck with cards that work better together or they may just have cards that you don't uh, they do they they definitely definitely have cards they definitely have cards you don't and that can feel a little unfair, but it, I know it is, that, that is me. I have beat decks yeah. with a solidly constructed basic deck that doesn't have a lot of frills. If you get, good, I have beat decks you, with a lot of crazy cards. If you get good draws and you play them smart, like you'll you'll win. It really isn't about how many cards you have, but there is like if you go straight down the line statistically, like if you look at every card that costs two mana, the best cards that cost two mana are almost always the ones that you have to find in 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 packs or or craft yourself. So there's the have we talked about that the two ways that you can get cards? No, we no. have not. There there are two ways that you can get cards. You can craft them using a resource called arcane dust uh, which basically depending on how rare the card is, it costs a certain amount and then you can disenchant the cards that you currently have, i.e. destroy them and get arcane dust in return that you can spend on making other cards it's really not one to one you get like a fourth of the value of the card whenever you destroy it so to make like one common card you have to destroy four to get enough resources i think 
my math might actually be off on that. Uh, but it's not like a great value in that sense. But if you um, have a bunch of cards you don't like, toss them. Toss them, yeah. Or if you buy an expert deck and you get a super rare card for a class that you don't play, like burn it, like burn it and get a bunch of dust. I am I not actually a sh- would not. I would not suggest doing that, by the way, because you know, I there are daily quests that you can do. Uh, to gain gold for yourself, right? And gold you can use to buy, buy decks. you know, new decks. Or and not, sorry, quests, not, not buy decks, buy packs of, of packs cards, of cards, right? Which and these daily five. quests, uh, a lot of times are, you know, tell you to play a certain class. So right, um, you may get into a new class that you like better. Sure. To say. Um, there's also the arena, which is a specific play mode that is really a nice equalizer because you don't use the decks you've constructed when you play the arena, it puts you through this um, deck-making gauntlet where it provides you with three random classes. You have to pick one, and then basically 30 times in a row, it presents you with three cards, usually of the same mana value, and then you pick one and then move on to the next set of three cards, pick one of those, and you keep doing that until you have a deck that you have made. And it doesn't pull from the, the cards that you've collected. It's everything. Um, and then after that, you you keep fighting. And but, then, but for the arena, you need to like pay you to do have play. To pay. It's a hundred and fifty gold to play the arena. Right. Uh, it's a hundred gold to buy a pack of cards. But at the arena is almost always a better option uh, because even if you so once you lose three games in the arena, you're out. The more games you can win before you lose three, the better rewards you'll get after you finish the arena. So no matter okay. what, you get an expert pack of cards. Okay, you get a pack that's of cards. Like, no matter what. So it's it's almost always the right thing to do. You can also get like more than one pack of cards. You can get a bunch of gold. You can get a bunch of arcane dust. Um, if you win, I think my highest streak is like five or six wins before I got three losses. Uh, you can go up to like 12. And if you can get 12, you're just going to get like so much shit. Um, yeah. But it's almost always a better idea to do that, and it's really exciting, and it doesn't make you feel like, oh, that person just won because they've spent more money on cards. Yeah, right. I, I, I like that too, and I like the fact that like even when you lose, you like understand why you lost. It's not like someone pulled out this insane like strategy that doesn't make any sense to you. It's like right. it's very clear. A queen is that like the way they present what a card does even if you don't have it you just hover over it and you see all the stats on that card but it's just like very clean cut it feels like a bare bones like very uh focused collectible card game that just does not have a lot of fat on it at all and and on top of that the other thing that really draws me to it is the like blizzard which is standard blizzard presentation aspects to it where they like make every car that you play, there'll be like a funny audio clip or like some special effects that fly out. You can like there's a there's a catapult on one of the maps, uh-huh. like on the board, and you could actually put rocks into the catapult, pull it back, and fire the catapult. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't do but, anything. It's just well, cool. I did like, not know that. Blizzard, you're yeah. crazy. Um, uh, yeah, it, the arena, so much money. <laughs> the arena is also great because it can. You might draft a card that you don't have. And then you finish your arena run and you end up with like a bunch of dust and you say like, well, I'm going to just go get that card because it was so awesome and I want to start including it in my in my other decks. Like yeah. with, with every game you play, you learn something about a, a card or like a synergy that two cards have because a lot of cards have like special effects that will happen as soon as you play them on the field. And some effects work like really, really well in tandem. 
Um, and so like you start figuring that stuff out and then you sort of naturally gain resources through playing and then you spend those resources on fine tuning your decks until you have something that you really, really are, are proud of. Yeah. I um, like the fact that it's so short too. Like a every match, match is like ten minutes, five ten minutes. Yeah, like it's, that's it. It's like nice. it will never go over that. Um, and that just well, I mean, like, it can. I've had games it that can go get on a, for it really? can turn into a slog. Yeah, you can if, get to a point a lot of times where if if player two players are playing sort of a middle game type deck, and there are decks like that that are um, oh there there are uh, certain mi- the two different sorts of kinds of cards there are are minions and powers. Uh, minions are they stay on the board and protect fight for you, you eventually and yeah. protect you yeah. and fight for you and powers augment them or direct attack directly or charge you up um there are minions that have an ability called taunt which means that they have to be attacked first before your opponent can attack you or other uh minions that you may have out and you can have a strategy where you know you're playing a lot of taunt cards which sure. can you know, sort of let you turtle and avoid damage. And if, uh, a lot of times it'll get down to just draw each player, just taking turns, drawing one card. Hopefully that they get the thing they need. I had a game that ended uh, with basically I was playing a deck that I was, I thought was so genius. And it was all about just like putting a bunch of minions on the board, just flooding the board with minions and including enough spells that can clear out my opponent's side of the board. And I played a game against somebody who had that exact same deck to a T. And <laughs> oh, so dear. we made it to the final round, and we had both burned through all of our cards, just like flooding the flooding the board and then erasing the other person's side of the board. And we did that back and forth and back and forth until we were both out of cards and still almost at full health. And then it was just like 20 minutes of drawing, like hoping that we were going to get the one card that was going to clean the other person's clock. What happens was- if you run out of cards? I haven't actually gotten to that point. Uh, I mean, you can you can run out of cards, and then you just don't you don't you have. Any. I was talking anything? about like running out of cards in our hand, not in our. Oh, draw okay, file. yeah, yeah. So uh, it is. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. a really rewarding. It's a deeply, deeply strategic game, um, mostly around those those yeah. kinds of synergies that I talked about. And every class has their own class specific cards that all play off each other. So, like um, hunters, for instance, have a lot of cards that augment. Uh, other minions that have the beast type, so like wolves and bears and stuff. So they m- mainly want to build a deck based around those things. And yeah, then they'll like spawn a lot of other be- side minions, right? And so beasts can have their own synergies within themselves. Like it, it, it really is like there's so much complexity. Yeah. Um, but on, on top of that, don't let that scare you away because that's what put me off to it uh, when I heard you know crazy deep strategy i thought that's a time commitment and also i'm just not into card games like that they're too confusing it's so simple because of how the health and uh i guess attack powers are weighted that you feel like you're constantly learning uh easily like yeah. uh, it, it does it never feels overwhelming and it, it's kind of as difficult as you you know want it to be i'm sure you could obviously take competitive play like we have phil on staff who is a freak at this game but at the same time the match that griffin and i had this morning felt you know just as fun i'm sure yeah, yeah. oh my uh, god when this hits ipad i'm gonna lose that's my mind. exactly it's gonna be thinking, insane guys. man i mean you're gonna have to be online for 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 the matches i think yeah sure that, that's but fine then, i'm sure you could maybe do practice offline i would play the hell huge. out of it on ipad it, it's gonna be 
I mean, oh my god. I just like the so feel, good. even the feel of like picking a card from your deck and like dropping it on the field is a satisfying. Yeah. Like it's so well done. Like well, every time. there's also a lot of augmentation of a, uh, like if you're doing a big play, like you're doing a big amount of damage to a boss. Like the uh, graphics and sound that accompany that feel very. I feel impactful. like you're just fucking shad racking that yeah. dude. Like people cheer for you if you deal like ten damage in a single turn. Like people just lose their minds. Like yeah, they 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 know what they're doing, man. They know how was- to make a game like feel like something. Yeah, I, I was, like, shocked how well they've got the tabletop feel down because I thought, you know, they haven't made tabletop games before. But I guess when you really pull back from it and you think about Diablo in StarCraft, I mean, these are games that are clearly inspired by tabletop games that existed before them uh, and in some capacity kind of have that feel to them already. Sure. Like, when I play Diablo, it doesn't feel like I'm actually, you know, wandering around these places. It feels like I'm looking at the most beautiful versions of game boards. With yeah, you're moving a figure them. around. Yeah. Um, and it, I I had never thought about Diablo like that. In a weird way, this game is making me appreciate a lot of their other games even more uh, in terms of, like, how well they know exactly what they're creating. Yeah. Good job, Blizzard. Man, it's like yeah, they know what they're know doing. What doing. Well, I, I do have no. one more question. Can you? Were you able to chat when you were playing with a friend? Yeah. Uh, but you can't chat. I don't think you can chat with strangers. Correct me if I'm no. wrong. No, God, why would you want to? I wouldn't every want time, to. I'm just no. clarifying. Like every time like somebody, like I, I spend a really long time. There are a lot of decks that uh, build on synergies that uh, develop a single minion into like a killing machine yeah. as fast as you possibly can. Like there are minions that become stronger when your other minions die. So you might like put him on the board and then put five like super cheap minions on the board and then kill them all off. So this one guy becomes like mega strong. And then yeah. the other player plays a card that like turns him into a sheep and you're like, you <laughs> motherfucker. It's so easy to take someone's shit apart. Yeah, and it's so frustrating every time. I don't think I could restrain myself. You should play my polymorph and uh, murloc deck. That's all oh, it is. God, that, polymorph and murlocs. I'm disowning that. you as a friend. <laughs> I love that I played this for like 30 minutes. I'm already like thinking building of decks. Things That's awesome. <laughs> that says a lot. Yeah, it's it's really good. Everyone should check it out. You go get a phone. You just want a phone. Talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts. And you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month 
at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode of The Besties is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos. You can do whatever you want. And it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames. And they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Tell us about something exciting that's going on. Griffin, you're getting a house, right? I'm buying a house, dude. It fucking sucks. This you're process so sucks. Yeah. Oh, I have, I have questions about this. So okay, go ahead. You're buying a house. Mm-hmm. You're pretty close. It seems like you're getting close to like locking this thing down. What you, the house? Yeah, Is that the or question? just like or just my no. life. Like no, you're, you're a, getting pretty close to just like doing nothing. No, about else the house. The there's a life. follow-up question. Okay. I, uh, so the question is like, as you're looking at this house, like, do you spend a night in the house to see if there's like to see if weird- it's haunted? Right, to see if it's, well, haunted or just has, like, raccoons in the basement. Like, they, I feel like a, a lot of stuff happens at night that you wouldn't know of. They did disclose that there was a serial drowner that lived in this house. Like, wh- how, what kind of drowning? Like, in a tub or, like, ocean? Just, like, water, man. Any water. Any water. Any liquid? Get Honey? A, get a big enough bucket? This guy can just, like, do his thing. Yeah, no, it's going to be very haunted. And that is, like, sort of the one <laughs> thing that an inspector won't pick up on we've had probably four inspectors in this place already which sucks different like electricians yeah like general inspector an engineer a plumber uh what about a ghostbuster no ghostbusters do you know why plant because nobody's actually nobody's actually doing that yet (laughs) someone's gotta get in on that i'm sure there are people who are ghostbusting if you pay them guaranteed there's probably somebody who will inspect some esoteric like idea of your house and charge you four hundred dollars. I Ching or what is it? Uh, the with the furniture. Feng shui. Yes. How is Feng the shui. I, how's the I Ching of your house? How is the Tao of your house? Close enough. How's Are your, is your house's chakras aligned? Because you're fucking like your beams and pillars in your garage certainly fucking aren't. Uh, yeah, it seems a little overwhelming to be honest, and you sort of have to take their word for it because it's not like you know if the like J pipe is out of whack. Uh, no, I actually do know all about that J pipe. You oh know really? What I mean? Yeah. I mean, I was in college one night. Which one? Pasadena on the left hand side. Am I right? <laughs> we we smoking weed. Oh. Is it scary? Are you scared, Griffin? Yeah, it's fucking scary. Because you think you're gonna fuck up. 
Because you think we're like, if you fuck this up, your life is fucking ruined. Yeah, it's ruined. We yeah. had a plumber, and we we didn't know if we wanted to like pay four hundred dollars to have a, a specific plumbing inspection. But we were like, ah, sure, let's just do it. And he did it, and he was like, oh yeah, here's an issue. It cost you eighteen thousand dollars <gasps> to fix. Like, fuck Shut up. me, dog. Like, Jesus. if we hadn't paid you to do that, like that's eighteen thousand. Like, it's like I getting an accountant. You save money by spending money. If that, I guess that's what they mean when they say you got to spend it to make it. Except yep. you have to spend Backwards. it to not put yourself in the fucking poorhouse for the rest of your life. Like it's it is a horrifying process. It is very scary. Yeah, is there like a lemon law with houses where it's like after thirty days you can sort of be like, nope, not for me. What? And then what? No. And then that's you burn it to the ground? What do you? What's the what? You give it back to the seller? Like I would like yeah, my, you'd be all like, my nope, money back now. Not feeling it. Not really digging this one. A lot of ghosts. Does that not work out? You did not disclose about the serial drowner. Because you could just keep jumping from house to house and basically getting like free rent that way. Also, I don't Do think you... that's a real law with cars. Yeah. I think the lemon law. Google it. I mean, you also don't, don't, don't actually understand Google it. how the home buying process works if you think it's like no money down, free rent. Well, keep on house hopping, buddy. Well, just try you just it. haven't looked. I've, I've watched a lot of house hunters and a no. lot of. That flipping show where they flip things. Um, uh, strongest, uh, world strongest man. World's strongest Best flipper. Barrel and I uh, saw so I'm, I'm pretty well versed in the situation. Do you think mm. you'll ever buy a house, the two of you? Uh, yeah. Not in New like, York, though, right? Because it's like, I can't fucking imagine going through all this in a place where, don't like. Did you buy a condo in Well, New yeah. York? I mean, it, you yeah, you'd either apartment. buy an apartment, you wouldn't buy a house, certainly, unless you moved out to, like, way upstate where Brian is or in Queens or something. Um, you could buy an apartment. Uh, apartments are a little... I think there's less variables in apartments. First, for space, and second, like, it's, it's the building. It's not practical for, like, me. Like, I can't buy an apartment in New York. Right, but well, I'm I saying the could, process like, is... Uh, like, you don't have to worry about, like, the heating necessarily because the building... But then yeah, sure, maintenance sure, sure. fees, which are, like, right. bonkers. It's not a standalone thing. Man, it's just, like... It's a but, good, it makes sense. Like, I can understand how financially this process makes sense. It's just like getting into it is like, I just wish it was more like Hearthstone, you know? Yeah. They need like a tutorial for you. They do like, need a tutorial. I'll tell you that much. There's no in. fucking tutorial. If somebody makes a video game that's like an interactive process of buying a house, I would, yeah. I would play that it. Has to they, exist. they should so, make a video game where it's like not only buying a house, but like you have a job uh-huh. and you take a shower uh-huh. and you go to the bathroom and you have like a meter that judges like your hunger level. Sounds like, like a Nintendo game genius. or Sims, maybe. Is that it? Wait, has that been done? What? You click the Sims uh, in in Sims, you click a fucking house on a map and it's like it's twenty four thousand Samoans. Yeah, it's like there you okay, go. It's bye. Easy. Done. That's, yeah, that's, that's not what it's like. Exactly how it is. You don't have to worry about option option fees. You don't have to worry about earnest money. Oh God, you Ernest! You're, you're like a baby. Does he go to jail? No, I'm he gets scared. Stupid. <laughs> totally done with that. I'm done with you professionally. Uh, let's talk about uh, the next game I, uh, on our list, which actually came out at the tail, very, very tail end of um, January. It apparently was also on early access, but it, it yes. launched f- for full in earnest. Please don't make another earnest joke uh, at didn't. the end of January. Yes. Um, but so uh, so the game is loadout. Um, it's free on PC. It's a free to play uh, shooter, and uh, I think at first glance people will think, oh, it's Team Fortress, but not made by Valve. Uh, it's similar in the sense that it's an action game and it has cartoony Pixar e graphics. 
but uh, it plays a bit more like Quake, um, has a camera, it's a third-person game like uh, Gears of War, and um, I was pretty pleasantly surprised by it. I, I went in with basically zero expectations and came away uh, having a lot of fun. It's uh, a pretty well-polished um, action game. I played and a pretty... lot more of it last night. I, I had no expectations that it would hook me. It's it's pretty fun. It's it's we should talk about the free to play stuff up front. It's really weird. So it has two different forms of currency, as all free to play games ever mm-hmm. have to. Um, and I did. Uh, Russ, you and I did an overview of this game. <laughs> we did. We were like, we I can't believe how much free. So bad. I can't believe how much free shit it gives you. And then one of our 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 readers like commented like what do you, did you guys spend money i don't understand why you have all this free shit like nah man you just start with all this free shit <laughs> apparently because i have like the polygon steam account on my computer i wasn't even using it it started me off with like a, a shit ton of, ton of free money now in this case obviously it's a free-to-play game so we figured like oh it doesn't matter obviously if we have a free and, but i wasn't account. even using that account i was using right. my personal account so they like snuck me some funds yeah like, so apparently any i guess steam, uh, i guess steam press accounts are like granted is it just did we figure out is it just a crap load of gold yeah it's a crap it's a i think it was just 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 the gold i think i don't know see now i don't fucking know anything yeah i'm a little bit i'm a bit worried about it too yeah um let's for argument's sake say it's just the gold um because i have read a lot of people have been having a lot of fun with the game even without paying any money okay but essentially you've got these two currencies you've got the gold which is just for visual customizations your character costume etc it's also Um, for uh guns gun slots and loadout slots which are are, you know i think that's sort of the one area that is a little shady because that is kind of a mechanically important part of, yeah. of the game is having like a lot of different options available sure to. but you do but you do have like a, a free um loadout slot like yeah and i think you have you know. three gun slots that you can like craft your craft your guns right. and put them in um so there's that and then there's blutes is that right blutes yeah that's yeah, the blue currency so the blue currency is used to unlock weapon customizations and this is really where i got the most uh fun out of the game is the weapon customization system is super in depth. Uh, you can basically change every aspect of a gun, changing its like the the ammo that it shoots, what sort of accuracy it does, scopes, um, uh, what type of gun it is, from like a beam weapon to like a launcher to like a, a machine gun. You can change it to a sniper. There's like a ton of customization options, and there's a really cool testing system where even if you don't have the currency to buy a gun, you can just test it out and see if it's something you want to work towards. Um, yeah, I mean, I said in the overview episode, it's something that I wish a game like Borderlands had. Um, it's just super in-depth and uh, allows for a lot of fun on that front that I really wasn't expecting. I mean, most of these games have very strict gun rules. Um, um, Griffin, you sort of... I made a terrible a gun. Yeah, you can make a shitty gun. Yeah. Like, it's it's sort of like they threw balance to the, to the wind and said, like, go ahead and get out there and find the best way to do it which yeah. is which is kind of a clever idea because not every gun is right for the every person like i'm shit with sniper rifles i can't like if i unlock a sniper rifle in a call of duty game i'm like oh fucking great Skip. like never gonna use that yeah um i'm more of like a submachine gun guy because that's sort of the range that i like to be with other players and i'm terrible at aiming so i have to be close anyways yeah um so Fast submachine, firing. yeah so like it 
sort of gives you freedom to make that and 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 do that and and go however you want. But it is also possible to make a gun that, like, shoots a scattered blast of healing barbs like three inches from you. That is just fucking useless. Yeah, it does absolutely yeah. nothing. And, but that's kind of fun. Yeah. That's kind of great that like you can experiment and fuck up that bad. There's an option to test each of the weapons too before you actually purchase all of them. Yeah. And often yeah. I I found that I, I literally just, made just a hurry. talked about this. And yeah, I, I well I'm just saying that I didn't do it. Okay. Like I I would go into a game and spend the money and find that I had made a terrible weapon and realize. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's all I'm saying is I literally just talked about that. Listen, there's, try, there's to, a, try to stay tapped in, Chris Plant. There I'm are trying. a ton of carrots in this game because there's a tech tree that as you use different like weapon attachments and weapon types, they level up, and then you can upgrade them or unlock new attachments that you can purchase and, and put on your guns. Yeah. Um, so there is like a lot of variation. You can also pick up other people's guns when you kill them and sort of see what it is that they're what it is that they're 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 slinging. Yeah, yeah if you cool. if you, you keep getting crushed by a guy and hopefully you, he dies eventually, you can just pick up his gun and yeah. mess around with it. Or like if you're bad at killing people, you can make a healing beam gun and then use that on your teammates, and you still get like experience and and points and stuff for that. And it yeah. it genuinely is helpful because nobody's doing it right now, and almost all of the game types are objective based. Yeah, so. to the point where no one really knows what you're doing when you start firing at them, so they'll run away from yeah. you. Right, because <laughs> it also heals you. And it heals you. Yeah, there's a lot of benefits yeah. to it. There's some it's, really terrific locomotion in the game, too, because you have dodge rolls that you can do, and yeah. you can, like, chain those with a dash to, like, cover, like, huge gaps in the map. Like, it's really, really, really fast-paced. There's so much jump dodging going on, which is such yeah. a, like, crazy old-school concept that, uh, like, basically everybody is using right now. Yeah, it feels very yeah. quakey. Are you enjoying that part of it? Because once I got into, like, matches with, better players i found it kind of frustrating uh shooting anyone it felt like i had to learn the the trick to how to play it right kind of like do you remember snaking in mario kart oh yeah, yeah. snaking and snake yeah oh god thank you but where people figure out uh, a different way of moving than the game intended for you to use uh and it's only fun for the people who like master it yeah so uh, that was where, the case in gears yeah. where like people would just go from cover to cover it's still the case i can't play gears of war multiplayer because all the game is is like oh you move a lot faster when you're moving into cover so people just like zoom from cover to cover and i didn't notice that as much in loadout because you obviously aren't using cover mechanics it felt a lot easier to stay on target with people um but uh i do know what you're saying it can be really frustrating but yeah it's a good game it's a i i think it it dishes out the blutes which is really the the I think the more That's important all currency, you care about. because I mean, you, everything else is just visual. It's what you spend on upgrading your tech tree and on unlocking attachments for your weapons. I think I think I really do think it's the more important of the two. I've heard a lot of reports that gold is really hard to come by, so you have to actually spend real money if you want to like buy outfits for your characters, and the price of those outfits is like pretty exorbitant. Yeah, gold um, is more valuable for buying bonuses, so you can right. buy like XP bonuses or blue bonuses, sure. or I guess multipliers. And, and that's why you would actually want it. Oh, Otherwise, it has very little impact on the But game. to me, yeah, the core of the game is like this idea of experimenting with making your own guns. And I, yeah. I, I really do think that it dishes out enough currency for you to do that without having to drop any cash on it. And you can make a decent weapon early on. The reality yeah. is like some of the, the fanciest weapons that you can make, the craziest ones, 
I, they lose a lot of their oomph. Uh, like, there is a uh, give and take to almost every attachment that you put on the gun. Yeah. So you can get, like, a weapon for... You can get a rocket launcher that fires, like, five or six rounds, but it makes each round almost meaningless. Yeah. Uh, and then you want to find out, well, why would I want something like that? And then you could make that weapon have lobbed uh, rockets, which are more like grenades, and you can give each of those grenades flak, which, you know, explodes in a radius... And you want six because it doesn't matter if it's little damage so long as it's covering, like, half the map. It's like figuring, figuring that stuff out is what I enjoyed. Well, I enjoyed the, the violence and horrible gore of this oh game. God, I don't like that. I really like it. I don't know why I like it, but I, I find it really... So, so there's, like, the you're level of violence is insane where you can literally, like, you'll shoot a guy in the arm and a chunk of his arm will get removed and you'll see the bone underneath the arm. But but because it's sorry, I almost dropped my mic there. But because it's <laughs> so hot and bothered, I was really getting worked up. It's really excited, you sick fuck. <laughs> but because it's cartoony, it's like very like silly and like over the. T- it doesn't look realistic. I mean, you can literally shoot a guy's head, and his skull will be gone, and it's just a brain with eyes. It has almost a claymation look. Yeah, it, it looks that makes it, it looks feel like claymation, kind of safe. The, the thing that bothers me is like. Flipping the bird after you die. It, yeah, some, that's like, a little crass. Just kind of like, yeah, shallowy MTV humor. It does have this, like, very juvenile sense of humor, and some of which is, like, really lame. Like, oh, you can do the dance from Gangnam Style. Yay. <laughs> like, that's not cool. Where, what happened to the joy in your heart? I'm sorry. Um, yeah. You used to love Gangnam Style. I, I did. Those were the days. I feel bad making fun of this game too much, though, because at the very first thing it asks you to do in the game is name your weapon, because when people uh, kill you, they can steal your weapon, and then they'll see whatever you named it. And I think I named them the Fart Cooker and the Fart Kisser, and like that's <laughs> that's immediately, I was like, I have the perfect name for this yeah, weapen. You and then you I was like, stupid out. game, showing the bird, like, I'm better than this. No, I'm not. You're not yeah. much better than it. You're not. I need my first You're gun. Tim, I need my first gun, Tim Gun, which I was really <laughs> proud of. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually like it, and given the fact that it's free, I don't think there's a reason you shouldn't give it a shot. Guys, a um, lot of a lot of games came out in January, but should we talk about some of the big news? The some best of- news of the month. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say anything on this list is the best good news. <laughs> it is actually a lot of pretty crummy news. Um, but yeah, I thought I we'd take a look back, see what happened in the month, and you can think back to how you felt at home about when those moments happened. For example, remember when Nintendo almost went out of business because they're doing so poorly? That's an, that's an exaggeration. It is. I'm, I'm blowing it out of proportion, but they're really having a tough time. There's no got, question about they that. They still got fungibles. They get. They, they have good games they coming got, out. It's they just, ain't got no debt, and that's good. Really, the issue is that no one seems to want to play their uh, their gaming console, the Wii U. <laughs> we're talking about this like we're on Fox and Friends. Have you heard of this Wii U? It's almost like I do that on a regular basis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, what do you think is the issue? What it, like is it just a matter of like they just missed? With this new console, and there's no coming back from it. Do they have a chance? You know, I would have ruled them out after the GameCube. I would have ruled them out, you know, many times before. Um, I don't think that they're going to. I hope they're not building their business on the hope of having another sort of 
insane Wii U, mainstream Wii, success like the yeah, Wii. Yeah, like the Wii. Um, or the, that no, was, I mean, that was not just if, if you want quality product. That was a specific time period and a specific, you know, lightning striking type. Well, the DS. Too. Yeah, right. If we're talking about insane yeah. cultural, like wide adoption and like in unreproducible success, you talk about the DS, which is the, the I, it's the best selling piece of gaming hardware of all time, right? Yeah. Like dedicated gaming hardware, not including like you know. Yeah. Phones yeah, and, and it wasn't like. It wasn't driven, I mean, obviously it had the dual screens, but the success of it had nothing to do with the fact that it had dual screens. It was just like... Everybody every, made fucking games for that thing. Everyone e- made Everyone games was it. doing it. That, yeah. that, it had, I think, of any Nintendo system, the best mix of first and third party releases that came at like a fucking relentless clip. Like, yeah. it was it was a constant, there was constantly something you needed to play. Yeah. That was that on DS that would like just come out of nowhere, like, oh, Scribblenauts, what's up? Like... Scribblenauts is out now. You probably well, didn't know about it. And let's let's pick games that were fun to play, like Castlevania. <laughs> Every that Castlevania game on on there was really oh my great. god, amazing! Yeah. And then Scribblenauts uh, came out and just fucking changed the game. <laughs> um, and that's really the issue. I, I I agree. Like they shouldn't be in the mindset that they're ever gonna hit that like one two punch of Wii DS. But the question is like I was talking about this the other day. Do they just like say okay consoles? We're just never gonna catch up on the console side but, but and we know focus what on they're handheld. Thinking. We, and we know that they are in the mindset that they can replicate that. Like, that yeah. that's their long-term goal. Their long-term and I goal said, is I to said, make a, the health platform. And that was Wii Fit, which was the biggest, I, I think, their proudest success for the Wii. Sure. Um, it, I used the word unreproducible earlier. I don't think that's true. Obviously, their strategy is going to continue to be going forward, making sort of hardware designed for their own dedicated software like their their big hitter franchises which you can say what you will about nintendo but those games are almost always fucking phenomenal they're almost always like really really great and so they know they have this opportunity still if they if they have the right hardware to support the right software i think we use failures and i'm not saying anything new or fucking revolutionary here it was a huge messaging problem when it came out it is when you look at like the big buzzwords that PS4 and and Xbox One bandy about about being like entertainment hubs for the living room and interconnected experiences for for players across the globe. Like we, you, you can draw pictures for people and they right. can see them. It's not really great for either of those. I, right. I think the problem is Nintendo is the world's greatest parlor trick maker and toy maker. Like. And that's what the Wii was. The Wii didn't really quite do what they advertised it to you, right? Like, when we first saw it, it's like, wow, this is going to change the world. Motion controls, uh, Wii Fit, like, we're in game. Okay, it did, I did, I can't. Yeah, sorry, okay, you listen. need to stop. It did change, it, sorry, it did change absolutely. the world. Are you, like, inarguably changed the world. But it did. It absolutely le- changed but it wasn't, the landscape of, of video But I would games. agree, and part sure, of that but is it, it a magic trick. But it didn't do what they thought it would, it, it wasn't actual motion controls, it was a trick. Uh, boom blocks. <laughs> oh my gosh! My, my my point is, they they make these really great toys. That's what they that's what they do really really well. They don't make like Wii Fit isn't actually a platform that's going to change the way that we do health. And even the Wii didn't really change the way we play video games as much as I think anyone thought it would initially. Definitely. Are you kidding me? You're crazy. Do you not remember how fucking everybody was playing catch up after yeah, the Wii? Everybody did it, but we don't play motion games like that. That's anymore. true. It's no longer. I mean, it has normalized back to like where it was before. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm saying 
that it, it, it wasn't the revolution that everybody thought it was. And yeah, we have Connect. And the biggest thing that we use Connect for is to turn on our TV. Yeah, it was, it was about for five years or so, that was, I mean, it basically dominated everything. And now it's, again, it's normalized back to where things were. And yeah, I I'm, think, not, I'm not yeah. understating like what they did. What they did with the Wii was absolutely incredible. I think what okay. I find concerning is if health is really what they like are banking on. If that's I don't, their big I, thing, I don't think it is. Is it? That's what they yes, explicitly said is, said is their that. long-term goal is to build this giant health platform, whatever that is. I think that's a mistake because they don't make that sort of accurate technology. They don't make things that I think change that literally change the way we do things. I think they make really impressive kind of demos or, or things that get very close or create the illusion of it yeah but that's um, fine it doesn't need to be super accurate especially for the health I, set I, well like, i think for health it probably does i and that's why people have gone cold with the latest we exercise or we you exercise things i mean you saw a review people no i think it's more the fact that like anymore. everyone bought a we fit and now they realize oh it's sitting in the closet and i and haven't touched it, it in work. three years uh, listen, we got a lot. Of okay, there's a lot of there's a lot of news. There's a lot. iOS controllers released is another uh, thing that is written here <laughs> that I don't know what it refers to. But like, let's get into that. Hey, so uh, <laughs> you know how before there were iOS controllers, but they were like made for specific games, and that sort of sucked. Yeah. Now there that. are iOS controllers that theoretically could work with all games that support iOS controllers. They That's like kind of okay. Real quick, I just want to go around. Is that how anybody? On this call, yes or no? Just don't want to hear yes, Jenna. Wants to play video games I, with a controller. With a controller, I'll say I'll say this. And it's, video games. This. <laughs> it was a yes or no. <laughs> this is. It's not. It, on their fucking phone. Oh, you didn't say that. <laughs> Dollard. It's not one to one for me because I have an I have an HTC One. Uh, I did buy a a little controller for it, a Bluetooth controller for it, so that I could play. So that I can play games on it. Uh, bubble and bubble. I, I just I connect my Bluetooth controller Shit. into my HTC One, and I snap that into the controller, and it's fucking great. It's fucking super good. Justin, I don't know, I don't know if it's the same for for iPhone iOS. because it's you know it's, it's a little different. It's here's different the deal. Games, yeah, you got Justin. I, I think you have a very short sighted view of this. I'm not. I agree with you. It's silly to like be on the subway, have your iPhone, whip out a controller, and carefully prop your iPhone up on your lap and play a game with the controller. What's not silly is Apple TV. Right. The the moment that Apple wakes up as like, hey, we should put every fucking game we've ever made on Apple TV. Suddenly you have a controller and thousands of games for one dollar. Tens of thousands, millions. I don't know how many there are. Or but, even ostensibly, I mean, I, ostensibly like a second screen experience using your phone and Apple TV. It's yeah, just I, hard for me to think that way when Apple has shown time and time and again that they have neither the inclination nor <laughs> the ability to ca- even acknowledge that humans play video games. Uh, I don't think that's the case. Look at how much of their app store is dedicated to gaming. They know how much money it's driving. Apple. Like against their will. You know, every time <laughs> I agree that it a game them goes on surprise. an app store, fucking Steve Jobs ghost comes down to earth and walks it angrily like, how did you let this goofy thing on here? <laughs> That sounds Can't there like be something else for listening to podcasts? That's good character, Justin. We should bring that back. <laughs> Apple is like character. the dad of a child like celebrity. Like he loves collecting all that cash, but he really doesn't give a shit about the kid. <laughs> Honestly, I think the second like they're gonna wake up one day and be like, Well, guys, here's our official controller. All our games are on Apple Apple TV. 
And Microsoft and Sony are have to think like, oh, maybe our $10 indies or our $60 AAA games have a little bit of competition on, on TV. But the thing, but like, I mean, if that's the way the world worked, like, yeah, but if that was the way the world worked, then like, that's the same line that people have been giving about Nintendo games. Like, you know, so one of these days, Nintendo is going to wise up and they're going to put all their games on, you no, know, fill in the blank no, here. No, stop, stop, stop. That's a totally what? different... A to, we're comparing two different things entirely. Nintendo has built a, I, a business around selling $60 games. They can't start selling dollar games and make as much money. Uh, I'm just saying the logic of, hey, somebody can make a lot of money if they did this, is not is not always, you know, uh, the end of the conversation. I agree that they could make a lot of money, but... Sometimes corporations don't want money. I, I think the, the bigger <laughs> argument is people who play iOS games love the convenience of it, and just yeah, the sure. simple task of connecting it to their TV is too much. Yeah, like, it might be, yeah. but maybe not. Who I think knows? it's exciting. I, I can't wait to see what people do with it. Let's, um, let's move on. We're taking. I want to talk about this long. next thing because it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Titan, Titan, Titan you remember fall. when everyone freaked out about this? This Titanfall news? Well, don't, let's not. Here's the thing. We're going to talk about this. It's <laughs> sensitive. Let's not freak the. Let's not like diminish people's like <laughs> frustration with it because like okay, at first sorry. blush it, the, the news is titanfall only has six versus six multiplayer and when i when i first saw that and i saw like it, by the way we're reading off right this is the most traffic news stories from no the, i i just uh oh, you just through. picked a cross section Pe- yeah. people were like there was a lot of discussion in our post about this and there were a lot of people who were fucking furious about it and my first inclination was who gives a fuck like it, I, that has never really mattered to me very much because, I, if anything, I would be more excited to have fewer players because it means less of like running six feet and then getting right. shot to death. And by it means you can you make see. more of an impact. I mean, that was. But my... at, the, at the same time, like there are definitely, definitely huge, enormous numbers of people who want those kinds of like large, large scale warfare experiences. Not only that, if you have seven friends that are playing Titanfall. Yeah. You can no longer like party up with all of them. It it's way more difficult to like have a game night where you and all your friends get online, start a party and then just like hop from room to room, which is like a really like important and and uh, I don't. What is that scenario? Who are these <laughs> fucking people that have seven? I love friends. to play games on a Friday night, and I also have seven friends. No, that you are all, all play playing at the same time. Titanfall. I, I would. So I get what Griffin is saying. And I think you guys it, are like uh, trying to. No, no. I, I like I write that off. Right. Griffin that is exist. trying to pull some like Velocity Girl nonsense, or like imagine you and seven of your friends <laughs> are flying around at the same time. You're all playing video games together. I'm just saying, just because it's no, not the way not. that we consume games doesn't mean there aren't tons of people who do it that way because there are and that is like a really important experience that only became possible i mean in terms of consoles uh in the last like this is what kills me like so what so what it means they can't do that anymore but that's yeah but but i like it no it's not no okay no 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 it doesn't mean they can't do that anymore it means they can't do that with this game Titanfall right. that isn't built for it. Right. That's like saying Spy Party doesn't support 16 on 16 death matches. Like, well, no, of course it doesn't because it's a game about two people yeah. playing against each other. I think that's not other. really like, great. It's, it's, it's exactly this. It is. It's like the, yeah. the chess right. metaphor. It's that not a great metaphor. And exactly. here's here's why. First of all, Spy Party isn't really part of this shooter genre, right? So like, it doesn't. 
the fact that it's one versus one doesn't really go against any kind of norm that the other entries in the genre has sort of set. Also, when they were originally showing off this game, I think I'm right about this. I hope I'm not talking out of my ass. I think it had it was seven versus seven. So like it, it is, might have that, been seven. That is, Does that change anything? Yeah, Russ, it changes it by two goddamn players. Like, yeah, it changes something. I, I, can I don't totally think it changes that And much. also, like, this is, it is, it's something that the that people were very, very, very excited about. It's a shooter. So, like, when compared to its contemporaries, six versus six is pretty fucking low. Okay. Like, you but can't this, really say that but, about okay, the part. This is wanna... the exact, this, ex, this is the same, this is, that, like, Line of logic is the reason that every AAA game that comes out is so fucking homogenous. Bloated, because you have to have right. you have to have the the bullet points on the back of the box, 52 right? You have to have players. X, fifty-two players, X number of weapons, right? Every sword imaginable. <laughs> like, why can't the game just be? Wouldn't you what rather it is? like the why game can't you make be, something different? Right? Wouldn't you rather the game be as focused and as fun as the dudes who made it? Want, want it to be like clearly right. they've they, done and a lot they've of said testing. It, they've said it's not a like a netcode issue. Right. It is because clearly is they know how to make issue. a fucking game that's twelve on twelve because they did it for ten years or whatever long Call also, of Duty was going let's on. Let's use Battlefield as the example. I tried to play that with uh Fresh Chicken and a few other people from work. We hopped on and it's little groups of four people. I didn't get to play with them. Right. So that's yeah. Battlefield, well, which has, you know, gargantuan number of players i still didn't get to play with i would also friends. say i'm turned off from battlefield like the large games of battlefield that are like 32 on 32 because my impact is so marginalized because there's 31 other people there's on my team there's 31 other flip, people and there's 32 that, on the other flip team. side of that though on a team of six if you fuck up your team's fucked because you're you are hold on let me do right. math 12.5 12.5 hold on no i'll get this. okay settle down 16 percent wouldn't no, you rather going. feel like you're making an impact than not making an impact? Not if I do a shitty job, Russ. Don't I can do play a shitty Mag- job, I Griffin. Can do, this I, I can f- to I, fight. I can play you're Mag. Mag. Don't. I can play Mag, oh God, and I can just sit Mag. in the middle That's of the barracks, about. pooping in my hand and making cave art. And our I'm team could still win. I'd be like, yeah, I get it. I'm the best soldier. I caught a little shit recently because I said I was happy that the Order announced that they're not going to have a multiplayer mode. And the reason I said I was happy about it, not because there was no multiplayer mode, but because it was focused development. They knew what was going to work for them under the resources they were given, and they're pushing for that rather than tacking shit on. And that's what I feel like this is. I mean, you, These never, guys know. Make- you never know what a game's development environment is like, though. Like, Tomb Raider, I don't think, suffered because it had a multiplayer component. Like, they could bring in a separate team to do the multiplayer component. Yeah, but that costs money, and Tomb Raider came in under expectations because they spent part of the money on multiplayer that they, they came might in under expectations, but it made up all the mo- all of its development funds. Took- a year and a half. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, just saying, saying like, I would. Re- I trust um, that developers, especially developers like Respawn, who have been through a lot of bullshit, know what g- kind of game they want to make, and I trust them more than I trust a back of the box bullet point saying 32 players. And I have to imagine that either EA or Microsoft was like, "Come on, guys. Oh, let, I'm let's sure. Just try 32. I'm let's sure just, most <laughs> of them wanted more. Give, give me 32 players." Right. So, frankly, I'm thrilled. Uh, I realize a lot of people are pissed off. Guess what? You can play Battlefield. It's still broken. Like any, or like any other game. Right. Like, There's tons I, of options. baffling to me. It's just such a weird... Like, this game isn't what I wanted it to be. Okay, or you but can, that argument yeah. does not work for Titanfall because it's such a fucking crazy outlier. It's not like Call of Duty Ghost came out and if it was only like two versus two, I mean, like, well, fuck that. I'm going to go play some other military shooter. Titanfall is the fucking heir apparent to the next-gen Xbox One kingdom. And, like, it is a game that has 
had so much hype behind it. And then that hype, that that is the double-edged sort of hype, is that as soon as you run afoul of somebody who's fucking totally jized, then it, it hits you back style like twice as hard. I think they'll, I think it'll do okay anyway, but that's... Hey, and, you know, sequels, you got to go have somewhere to go. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, that was a good conversation, though. It was very engaging. I, I like... Oh, man, there's there's nothing that caps off a better conversation than, than acknowledging than a blue, it's a good than conversation. Than a blue Cantrell reference. Oh, gosh. I'm going to talk about the Banner Saga, but I'm, I'm kind of a funny choice to talk about it because I don't know a lot about fantasy, uh, which is kind of what this is. But I'm going to go for it. Uh, Banner Saga is a new tactical role-playing game made by some uh, former Bioware developers. I think it's only three or four of them. Uh, uh, I think I the, main, you... the main development team, unless they've, I don't know, I, I interviewed them, God, when we were doing press it's reset. What was that, like a year and a half ago? Oh my God, was that the same game? Yeah, yeah. it was the same game, and it was it was just three three guys, all from the Austin Bioware branch. I think it was the Austin Bioware branch. Anyway, they're called Stoic. They're cool dudes. They work out of a goat shack. A literal goat shack? Yeah, it was in a farmer's market uh, behind this really great bar in North Austin. And they just found this space that was literally a shack where goats lived. And so they bought it and put computers in it and insulated it. And that's where they developed it. That's amazing. Yeah. That's absurd. Um, so, I mean, the, the basics of it are you, uh, there's, you're in this kind of land that looks like a Don Bluth cartoon, kind of that 1980s, I guess maybe even late 70s cartoon style. It's gorgeous. Um, but 2D animated style, uh, kind of looks like a Viking uh, era thing. And there are humans, there are giants, and there are these stone monsters. And we're led to believe that there have been all these wars that have taken place between them. Anywho, uh, the sun has stopped moving in the sky. And uh, trouble is afoot, man has turned on man, uh, and you uh, are going on a quest to, to not really get to the bottom of it. I don't want to go too much into the story because I don't want to spoil any of that stuff. Well, also, um, it's the first part of a three-part arc. So, I mean, sure. if we got into the story, we wouldn't be able to cover many of the bases. Yeah. 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 But you're, you're, you're also trying to forge an alliance um, and trying to, like, reunite the world, and the, you got to figure out this sun situation. Sort of like what this happened with the Teletubbies. It's a real pain in my keister. It is. <laughs> uh, the whole thing with it not, they're not being one? Stone monsters? Well, there is a sun. Kid? It's just not moving. Ugh. No thanks. Just, yeah. Um, now, it, Mond- it, Mondays. <laughs> there's kind of a side of hand here because it, it is a strategy game. Um, and you lose people. Uh, there's permadeath for a number, number of the people in your group. Uh, which I found really intimidating. Uh but you kind of just accept it. You, you, the fighting is not the most important part of the game. The, the most important part is actually conversations that you have, uh, which play a big impact on the way the game plays out. And also this weird Oregon Trail-like game that happens between fights and it's, uh, cities that you visit. And it's really slick how well these things all work together. So you mentioned the permadeath. Uh, your, your character sort of, in, in, I guess in layman's terms, has a number of lives. That they sure. can that they can lose, but they can lose those in battle or like you're you're in a town. The town's about to get ransacked, so you try to get as many people out and as many resources out as you possibly can. And one of your team members in in conversation will just be like, "What do you want me to do?" And you can be like, "Go get some people and load up the truck," or you can be like, "Go hold off those monsters so we have more time to get more resources." And if you do that, that person's fucking dead. Yep, like the permadeath gone. can happen 
in conversation, it can happen on the trail, it can happen in battle. Like, it, there are consequences to literally everything that you do, um, and they're really, really well implemented just because of the sheer number of decisions you have to make. It's not like, um, not that the Walking Dead games do this necessarily poorly, but in Walking Dead games, zombies break into a room, you have to save one or two people, and then whoever you don't save dies. It's more abstract than that. It's, I can sacrifice this person, and then maybe we'll have enough resources to make it to the other town without everybody fucking starving to death. Um, it, it really is, it, it feels more real in a way. Yeah, they yeah. hide like a lot of, the, like they don't make it clear where they'll be like, as you said, a moment where you're in a room and it's like pick between these two people. It's very subtle and you really have to pay attention because yeah, it is literally you pick the wrong thing and a kid is dead because he got hit in the face by an axe. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of Dungeons and Dragons at its best, and I'm talking about like playing with friends, where you have a really competent dungeon master who is using the gameplay elements to kind of draw you in. It's not really about the fights. It's not really about any one thing. Uh, it, it's about this kind of story that you are telling almost without realizing that you're part of it. Uh, and, and that's what I really liked about it. Is that I, I felt like I was in the hands of somebody who really knew what they were doing. Uh, and uh, even if I lost players, like I was still going to get through this adventure uh, and enjoy it on the other end. Um, and that art style, man, I, you can't fucking man, it's understand. It's unlike anything else out there. All of the, uh, the, the guys who made it showed me how they w- worked on the animations. Uh, it's real people that they got uh, and then they, you know, they would do like a death animation where like they would just film somebody sort of collapsing to the ground, and then would do that 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 blue style animation over it. Um, uh, rotoscope, rotoscope animation. It's fucking. It's so cool. Like every single thing that happens is really, really, really cool. Did anybody else have a hard time following it a little bit because they introduced so many characters? It's yeah, overwhelming. There's, there's, with, there's different plot lines with, and factions sort of all going on at the same time, and they really just there's very little introduction to the world. They just sort of drop you into it, and then you have to sort of figure out the different allegiances and the politics of this world through conversation, which is very fantasy esque. It's so. like The Wire with Vikings. I that's not like a terrible. <laughs> I Thank you, Justin. I, I know you're probably goofing. <laughs> no, but I'm serious. I don't serious. think that's a terrible comparison. It reminded me of like trying to read. It's why I gave up on the Game of Thrones books, just because like I don't know. There's a lot of they're introducing a lot it's of high, stuff. It's high fantasy. And, like it, it is. It is not. Yeah, you have to be high to like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Appro- it's not like especially <laughs> approachable. It is. It's definitely punishing. You will lose people that you really like. It's sort of like uh, Fire Emblem in that way. Yeah. Be careful. The, the combat is also really, uh, it's it's funny that we're talking about this in the same episode we talked about Hearthstone, because it basically boils down, again, to two statistics. You have an armor statistic that can sort of yep. mitigate damage whenever you take it, and then you have a, I forget what the other... Hel- uh, strength. It's called strength, right, uh, which is also your health and the amount of damage that you do. So as your health goes down, you become weaker, which functionally like makes sense. So you have to always, you can target with almost all attacks and abilities, either armor or health um so you know if you fight against a really heavily armored guy and you just try and like storm him and go for the health you're not going to do very much damage so you have to choose which of those two different things to attack and if you make the wrong choice and they can you know pay it back to you in kind it's it's really simple but but uh with a lot of under the surface complexity uh, yeah that makes it a lot easier for me to get into than most tactical role-playing games because you play a disgaea game 
And oh, man, God. it is just like, I get it. Like, I get the appeal, but there's just so many fucking moving pieces and statistics going on there that it, it, it is the opposite of approachable. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a weird strategy, though, because, like, the idea of, like, oh, your health is really low, so you'll, so you'll do very little damage is sort of a, a different mindset than most games. But I like it. I think it's a good system. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good game, Banner Saga. Well G- done, all. GG. GG. Justin, got any emails you want to read for us? Yeah, we had a few of you chime in on what your favorite games of the year have been. You can write to us at besties at polygon.com. Can we call these rest- uh, resties? These are the resties. resties. He's, these are the resties. Trace uh, says Banner Saga yep. is his favorite. I already I like did that, that one. So far. Next. I Pay know, attention, so Trace. God I'm damn it. chiming in. Uh, he said he's old enough to still favor turn-based strategy and RPG games from my youth, as well as have a fondness for the Oregon Trail, plus the art, music, and ambiance are perfect for the set- setting. Agree. He also likes Hearthstone. Yes. Also into that. Uh, Phil's favorite is Ollie Ollie. Oh, is Phil Kohler? fucking Ollie Ollie. Phil, no, it's not <laughs> Phil Kohler. How did I we loved for- Ollie Ollie. How did we forget about Ollie Ollie? I thought about it, but I don't think a lot of, I've played it, and I know Griffin's played it. I don't know if the other two have played it. It's fucking psychic. Uh, I have I've not played Ollie. It Ollie. is a two D downhill skateboarding game that requires you to basically build the longest and sickest combos that you possibly can. It's on Vita, which is like the perfect place for it. It was originally, I think, going to be a mobile game, or maybe it was also going to be a mobile game, and the developer killed that. Roll Seven is the developer killed yep. that just because like it feels so good on the Vita. It's such a good good place. Really for good it. controls. Very really satisfying. slick controls. Really like slick presentation. It's got a spelunky ass daily challenge mode. It's got hella leaderboards. It is a it is a it is a nice little game. Yeah, it's groovy. Ollie, Ollie, uh, we also heard from Mark Bayer, who says threes. Threes. Oh, no. Been... That came out in February. Oh you can't God. say threes. We'll talk about that. Maybe we'll talk about threes later, because I'm yeah. obsessed. Threes is amazing. It's really good. Yeah. Um, Grant says his favorite is Hoplite. Oh, what up? Mm. I loved Hoplite. Justin, you didn't like that game. I didn't. It didn't really click. You're it's, wrong. It's, it's, cool, it's, man. I, don't, I don't like the tile. Did you give it a lot uh, of time? Like was, was that in it? No, he no, played no, one no, level no. and was like, F. Yeah, 2D graphics, don't care. Like, F, 2D <laughs> yeah, graphics, don't pixels. care. It was the pixels. <laughs> it's good, man. It, it sort of, it is a roguelike with, uh, with progression elements that carries over even if you die, which is like, yeah, that's what you got to get. You gots to have those. But it also has like a sort of chess-like system of of movement. Uh, I mean, it's on a hex, so obviously it's not chess-like in that sense. But you have to constantly evaluate what the best move is, um, which gives it a, a lot more a lot more um, depth and approachability than, than most roguelikes, which I think are more boiled down to like, well, I'm going to take this hit. Right, but is it going to be enough to kill me? And can I find a way to heal? It is almost entirely based around what can I possibly do in this turn that is not going to get me hit. Yeah, it was actually created as part of a game jam, and the effort of the game jam was to um, make a roguelike that didn't rely on the concept of roguelikes, where two enemies you sort of like run into an enemy a bunch of times, and like that's how combat works. Yeah. So this was his solution, which involves a lot of like sliding around enemies as attacks and. It's just really, really well designed, and um, it's great because it's turn-based, so it's, like, really good for the iPhone. Like, I play it on the subway and stuff like that. 
it's uh, highly recommended. It's a buck ninety nine. Check it out. I, I've been having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Um, anything else? Uh, yeah. Steven Swift says uh, Euro Truck Simulator Two. <laughs> oh, I have not jam. played that. Uh, Matthew uh, says that his favorite is broken age act one which uh, i loved that was great i still haven't played through all of it unfortunately i have a question for you guys i haven't started this game yet right i have not either would it be wrong for me to just wait till the whole game is is available because i'm kind of i don't want to start this and then be really bombed i wish i I wish i could have okay i'm gonna do that then okay i said in my review i mean on the one hand it's fun to look forward to something on the other hand i'm i the more and more i'm I feel like we're doing a disservice to stories by telling them this far apart. You know, we do. We know we it's the, a two-parter, the, right? Yeah, it's a two-parter. We use the the TV comparison for games a lot, and I I I think that if you're keeping a super regular schedule, it's maybe applicable. But like, for instance, I just played the second act of uh, Wolf Within, Wolf Among, yeah, Us, Among Us, and I was that three months. There's been it's no, it's four, four months, it's four months. I mean, I went back and played the first uh, episode for reasons that are too boring to, to <laughs> dictate here. But uh, if you hadn't, like, that is really hard to keep up story yeah. momentum. Yeah. I mean, that's tough. Yeah. When Do we know when the second part of Broken Age is coming out? I don't think they've dated it, no. Could be any time. But uh, it's really cool. I mean, it's worth... It's, it's worth it, it really is hard just... to complain about, like, the development decisions that they made. I mean, it's not difficult <laughs> because fucking, like, a lot of people who kickstarted that game... I think we're we're grousing about the decisions that they made, but I mean, obviously, it turned out a good product. So, like, they I, yeah. it was the right decision, I think. Yeah, talking about that TV thing that Justin just mentioned, I, I'm just playing Alan Wake for the first time because nobody recommended it. Everybody was like, "Shut you your mouth!" Talk to Chris Grant. Uh, yeah, I, know. I recommended it nonstop. <laughs> jerk. Uh, that game is great, and the episodic structure is great, and I'm really jazzed about Quantum Break now. But what I realized is. I don't so much care about getting the game, you know, every couple months. I just appreciate that the game is broken up into chunks of, like, complete story, right? Like, because they know that they have to hit these moments within a a certain amount of time, I feel like they're writing better story. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm jazzed about that, and, like, I'll probably play Wolf Among Us when it's all out, but I just have no intention of waiting that long i don't know i'm actually i i actually fall into the camp as justin referenced it in passing it, i i like being excited about what's coming next like i i rachel and i played uh, the first episode <laughs> of the second season of walking yeah. dead and like i i'm i am now like really 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 looking forward to the second episode which is i i i like having that in front of me and i think that telltale probably likes that I like having that in front of me and, and yeah. definitely going to buy it. You are the guy who bought a Wii U because there weren't any games out for it, but you were ready to be on the hype. Good disc come out. Sure. So. That's true. And like some of my favorite games for last year were on the Wii U. So you know what? That's worked true. Out. Good worked point. Out, worked for this guy. As games come out in February, make sure you email us uh, besties at polygon.com and uh, let us know which ones and why so we can uh, make sure to. Uh, say hello to you. Kyle Allen, by the way, also suggested the Banner Saga was the best game so far this year. So uh, I think that's pretty much going to do it for us. Thank you so much for hanging in there with us. And seriously, no kidding, thanks for um, demanding that we continue to make this program. 
Uh, you can review this show on iTunes. You can uh, tweet about it with a link to our iTunes page with the besties hashtag. Just hashtag the besties would be great. Uh, and help us to spread the word about it so we can make the show grow. Yay! Um, Next episode will be in late February, so you're not actually going to have to wait that long. Right. A few weeks. Bonus. 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 Uh, and shoot shoot an email. I, I think you just said it. Besties at polygon.com. Uh, yeah. It doesn't just have to be. And now who's fucking repeating no, 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 email not, address? I'm just saying, like, if you have questions, I think those might be fun to field on the show. Oh, yeah. Discuss, questions, discussion not just topics. favorite games, but also, uh, yeah. Yeah, since we've decided to just meander for two hours, we're going to have to kill a lot We had a very structured rundown, That's let what me they just said. say. They said, we want you to tiptoe through the tulips and waste, <laughs> waste a couple hours of our life. Mission accomplished. Uh, Hopefully the dishes are all washed now and you can finally stop this. <laughs> if it took you two hours to wash those dishes, goddamn. There's some grease. Doing? Licking hey, them clean? I, one, one last thing. Uh, Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, we have a new show called Polygon Live. Justin McRoy is going to be on it this week. Uh, I oh, shit, I forgot it, I was going to do that. But, uh, uh, that is appending him not being able to come up with a good excuse to get out of it. Seems likely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. Polygon Live, if you ever, aren't watching it. Every Wednesday at noon, Eastern. We do have and also uh, available on a, iTunes. A live video show. Also available. Yeah, it's, it's a video podcast on iTunes. They have those video too. Podcast. We are just we're getting it covered, guys. We are just making a lot of stuff, uh, and that's gonna do it for us this week on the Besties. Make sure you join us again next month for the Besties, because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Bessie!